Hello, and welcome to The Cost of Health, brought to you by the North Carolina Coalition for Fiscal Health. I'm your host and executive director of the coalition, Michael Kraskin. On the show this week, Representative Kevin Corbin is finishing up his first term in the North Carolina General Assembly, but has long been a pillar of his community in Western North Carolina. He brings to the General Assembly a unique perspective on healthcare costs because in his other life, he runs two insurance agencies, one in North Carolina and one in South Carolina. In 2013, he was inducted into the Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina Hall of Fame, an honor only bestowed on 20 others in the 85-year history of the company. I sat down with Representative Corbin in his office to discuss the impact of healthcare costs in his district, the 2018 legislative session, and opportunities he sees for North Carolina moving forward. So I'm here with uh, Representative Kevin Corbin, our state's representative from House District 120. Thank you so much for joining me here today, Representative Corbin. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. I really appreciate it. For our listeners who are not familiar with your area, could you tell me a little bit, describe a little where you're from and what life is like in your district? Yes, sir, Michael. I'm from District 120, and the districts are numbered from, they start at the coast, Uh, and they're numbered all the way to the mountains, and we have 120 districts. So guess how far I am from the water. Uh, We're (laughs) the very farthest uh, district in the state of North Carolina. Uh, District 120 touches Tennessee and Georgia. To put it in perspective, uh, the Great Smoky Mountains National Park is uh, part of my district. So people should come visit, but it's beautiful out there. Absolutely. Tourism is a a wonderful industry out our way, and uh, people come visit uh, by the thousands every year. Excellent. And earlier today, I heard you refer to your real life outside of Raleigh. Yes. Um, you have a you have a business you run, right? Can you I talk do. a little bit about that? Yes, sir. Uh, my wife and I own two insurance agencies. We own an insurance agency in Franklin, North Carolina. We also own one in Seneca, South Carolina, which uh, sounds a long ways away. It's just across the border. Uh, Clemson University uh, is about 45 minutes from us, and our agency is really close to, to uh, Clemson and Seneca. Great. And you sell all sorts of insurance, focus on health? or We do. We're, we're primarily health insurance. Uh, in South Carolina, we do health insurance only. Mm-hmm. Uh, in North Carolina, we do health insurance primarily, focusing on under 65, both the Medicare products and the ACA plans. But we also do property and casualty and some commercial and things like that. How has the ACA changed your work? That's a great question. Let me think I need to answer that. <laughs> When, when the ACA, the Affordable Care Act, for those who may not know what the ACA is, uh, when that was started, um, the first year we wrote those plans would have been 2014. Is that correct? I'm trying I, to think. 13, 14. At least track Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. But the, the first couple of years, it was incredibly difficult. The uh, And I'm not speaking politically at all about the ACA, it was just a very difficult process. For those of us that had been in the business for years, health insurance all of a sudden went from about a 10 to 15 minute application process that included asking how your kids and your dog were and you know the, the light conversation and doing the application to what was in that first year, four out, three to four hours to get through an application. It was so cumbersome to go through the, the, the marketplace to get the tax credits. I will have to say that Blue Cross Blue Shield, which is the main carrier in North Carolina and, and South Carolina, told us as an agency force that probably two years from now then, 
30 to 40 to 50 percent of you guys won't be doing this a the business gets so difficult so you're either going to step up and really do this or you're going to be out of it right. and uh, our agency decided to do the the former and we sort of embraced the new plan and and uh, uh, we decided to move forward with uh, training and and uh, we worked hard and i've got eight agents uh, writing agents and we have some support staff and uh, we've we've actually grown quite a bit our business has grown quite a bit under the aca where a lot of folks have gotten out of it but it, i tell people we we work really really hard for less <laughs> less money per hour than we used to make yeah. quite frankly yeah. But it uh, it's been it's been rewarding in a way and, and difficult in a way as well. So uh, it's had its challenges. Well, going from 15 minutes to fill out a form to four hours, that's a hidden healthcare cost right there because it, that's time lost. So that's an it, opportunity. It was awful. Uh, yeah. There's no other way to describe it. It was yeah. awful for us. It was awful for the customers. Part of that was just glitches in the system. All of a sudden, you had several million people trying to enroll in insurance in a new way. And the system was not foolproof. It right. had a lot of mistakes, uh, a lot of problems, and, and the people, and not to try to defend them, but just the way the situation was, they were new at their jobs too. Right. All those people were hired and thrown in and, and really didn't know what they were doing uh, to a certain degree. So it was just difficult the first couple of years, and I'll have to say it got better after the first couple of years. So the last two or three years have been uh, really pretty, I won't say easy, but been much easier to get our customers enrolled, to get our customers renewed. That's good to hear. Now, as we all know, healthcare costs have been on the rise, particularly here in North Carolina, but nationwide. What are you hearing about healthcare costs and how they're impacting the life of your constituents, some of whom, I assume, are your customers? Correct. So you probably get a good perspective from at least two angles there. Yep, and and there's really two groups of people that are affected differently. Health insurance premiums, just the raw premiums, have basically doubled in the past five years um, and because of the provisions of, of the Affordable Care Act. And that being, uh, there's no pre-existing conditions, there's no underwriting, there's no excluded conditions, there, and there's all the, the 10 essential benefits that have to be covered. So there's all these things that have to be covered. So it's made premiums go up because right. claims have gone up. Now, the other part of that is that about 90% of our customers were able to get them a tax credit through the Affordable Care Act. And we go through the marketplace to do that. And of course, we handle all that for them. So for most people that are on the Affordable Care Act plans, they're actually paying less premium than they were before. So that's good news. That's good. The bad news is if you make just over the amount that qualifies you for a tax credit, you're having to pay that full premium. And those are pretty astronomical in some cases. So there's a sliver of our population that's paying a lot more money for health insurance. So there's got to be some answers down the road for that. There's two There's two groups that are underserved, and, and the two groups are the ones that make just over the amount for the tax credit and the ones that make just under. Right. Because they don't get a tax credit either, but they, unlike the, their counterparts on the other end of the income scale, the ones on the lower end of the income scale can't pay $2,000 a month for a family. They, yeah. they don't make $2,000 a month. So those people are uninsured, so we've got to find a solution for those two groups that are being left out now. What do you see as the best opportunities for either a legislative fix? I, I do, actually. Yeah. Uh, this, this is real current, <laughs> current yeah. events. Uh, and I guess I'll just step out and say this. I think there's an opportunity to develop some non-ACA compliant plans. 
Now, uh, it was an initiative uh, brought forward by Farm Bureau, and they wanted to be able to offer non-ACA plans, but but not regulated by the uh, Insurance Commission in North Carolina. And I think there was some hesitation among some House members, including myself, that didn't vote for that provision, uh, unfortunately, because uh, it was a great idea, and, and I certainly support Farm Bureau in, in that thought. So I am for moving forward, and I actually had some conversations today with some fellow legislators and also some folks with uh, some insurance companies, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield namely, that I think there's an opportunity to develop some non-ACA plans because you say, well, that, so people are going to have the penalty. We don't have the penalty anymore. That's been done away with right. by the federal government. So come up with some plans that have possibly large deductibles, possibly limits on how much they pay. Some of the things that we like about the ACA also make the ACA plans expensive. I think there's an opportunity to develop some, go back to some medically underwritten plans. Mm-hmm. Again, those will not comply with the ACA, but, but I think we can we can get around that uh, by some of the methods that we discussed earlier by not having them be insurance plans. So I think there's there's a possibility of, of doing that for our citizens, and I think that could possibly serve both those groups we talked about before that are being underserved now. Now, you had said that the the bill that was going to allow that had, had failed. It failed in the House. It, and it was House Bill 933. 933. And you had you had voted against it, but you have a lot of optimism for it, clearly. What would, what would need to change to get you to be a yes vote on that? Well, I think specifically for, for the plans that would be the non-ACA plans, I was just really sort of afraid of plans that would not be regulated by the insurance commission. I think the reason for that is so they wouldn't be, quote, insurance plans and wouldn't be subject to the ACA. It came up so quickly, I guess being in the business and understanding all the intricacies of, of underwriting, I had spoken to a couple of actuaries in the past couple of weeks and actually gotten some different opinions even from them. So it just felt like it was we were almost rushing into it. And if you noticed on the legislation, it was to be effective uh, January 1st, 2020. So, hey, we can still come back in January, and we got a year That's right. to, to do that. So, I, it, to me, there was no rush to pass it in the you know, short session, and everybody was rushing around. Some for it, some against it. Some knew why they were for it. Some knew why they were against it. And I, I sort of finally came down, even though I think it's a great idea and I think it's got some potential. I just didn't feel comfortable uh, going ahead with it at the time, and actually, I sort of bounced back and forth a couple of times. I was I was for it, and then it's like, oh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't. In the end, I don't think I can vote for it. Yeah, it was a quick process. It was. Do you, um, when you're thinking about these things, do you ever talk to your employees back home? Absolutely. Do they have interesting insight into the market I, and what's they, going on? Yes, they do, and and I'll have to say, uh, even though, um, and I've told people this with some humor in my voice, uh, even though I own the company and have the producing agent still working. I spent 70% of my time in Raleigh last year, and we had our busiest and best year with me gone. So so do I depend and trust my employees? The answer is yes, I do. I was joking that, uh, you know, I I used to be the number one producer in my agency, and I'm now probably number six or seven down the list. I said, as a matter of fact, my production was so low, I had to get Roy to – Roy Watson to uh, give me an exception not to be uh, terminated for low production. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I think you gave me a, I think you looked at the agency as a whole. Well, we've got to get you back out to uh, District 120. And I can tell you, I know you need to go to a caucus meeting. Can I just ask you one last question? Absolutely. I know that in addition to your life here and in addition to your work uh, running your agency, you have another life as a musician. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about your history, how you got into music and what Absolutely. you're doing now? Um, yeah, I'm with a gospel music group. A lot of folks will recognize the name. We've been around for about 30 years. The name of the group is Blue Ridge, and we have been doing uh, gospel music. Our style is Southern gospel, which is, if you're not familiar with Southern gospel, uh, if you're familiar with country music, uh, groups like the Oak Ridge Boys or the, or the Statler Brothers, it's mm-hmm. that four-part harmony. Yeah. And uh, I'm the tenor vocalist. And have done that uh, pretty much the entire history of the group. We started as uh, we were high school kids, and uh, been doing it for years. And just uh, I won't call it a hobby. It, it's just sort of a, a calling, something that we've really enjoyed doing. We've enjoyed the music. We've enjoyed the people. Uh, we've slowed down a lot for obvious reasons. Sure. We're all involved in other things. But uh, we've recorded 27 recordings. Used to be called records, and then they were called CDs. <laughs> and I'm not sure what they are. MP3s now, or whatever. <laughs> we've recorded 27 projects. Under God, with liberty and justice for all, united we shall stand, trusting in the Creator of man. Representative Corbin is one of many North Carolina legislators who are working hard to find solutions to rising health care costs that work for all North Carolinians. But he and his colleagues face many challenges in the forthcoming long legislative session, including powerful special interests pushing for more regulations and mandates that only result in increasing costs. The coalition is thankful for legislators like Corbin, who are committed to helping North Carolina control costs. The music you are listening to is from Representative Corbin's gospel group, Blue Ridge. The song is One Nation, off their album by the same name. If you like it, we'll have a link in the show notes and on our website. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app. If you have a story you would like to share or just want to get in touch, please contact me at michael at fiscalhealthnc.com or on Twitter at michaelck. Make sure to join the North Carolina Coalition for Fiscal Health online at fiscalhealthnc.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at fiscalhealthnc.com.